What's going on, good people? What's going down? Good morning, good morning. It's the Soft State Talk Show. I'm back, I'm back, and ready to talk some football, some basketballs. We got some um, some topics to talk about, some 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 leading topics, some things I can get into some conversation. We got fight week. Anthony Joshua going against Andy Ruiz, two. It's the rematch. Going back from last year when they got into it. And nobody thought that Anthony Joshua's USA debut was going to go the way it went because he was supposed to be fighting Gerald Miller. Gerald Miller pops dirty, gets a, a replacement, late notice. A person that fought recently, kept himself in the gym. That was a big benefit to him. But when you look at Andy Ruiz, you're like, there's no way this guy could be Anthony Joshua. I mean, short, he's overweight. Um, we never heard of him. He's got a good record. What is he going to do? Uh, he came out there, got knocked down, and then the rest is history. He ended up believing the heavyweight champ of the world. Not undisputed, but pretty damn close. Anthony Joshua now on the get back, the, the, the comeback, the redemption, the, you know, the, 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 the guy was the superstar. He was a megastar. He was selling out, you know, soccer stadiums. So now this is the chance for him to try to get that that revenge, that 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 legacy train rolling again, because you beat Klitschko, he's older. People got over that little celebration, and then you went, excuse me, down a path of fights that were, you know, Joe Parker uh, to come. Uh, there was nobody really there to 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 fight, right? I mean, that's that's fight Pavekin. Why not, right? Nobody there. There's nobody in the division. But when you got Deontay Wilder just calling your name out, and you don't fight him, and then you 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 dip you dip duck dive dodge. Until he fights Tyson Fury against the draw, and then you fight Andy Ruiz and take a loss. And now the heavyweight division is still in a good place with y'all three being the top in it. But you got to beat Andy Ruiz to show that one, you know, there was a fluke. If not, then Andy Ruiz is going to be in that big three picture of Wilder, Fury, him. Because Ortiz still is a good person to have in the matchmaking heavens, but. As you can see, he can't beat Wilder. So he could probably beat the Joshua. He probably could beat a Fury. But can he beat a Wilder? We've seen it twice as no. So now we got to see where Anthony Joshua's going to come back and try to get Ruiz. And then we can see if he can get back in the picture to try to fight Wilder or Fury. Fury got to see if he is serious enough to get back into the realm of boxing. Because he's wrestling. He's winning MMA. But now we got a fight date with him and Wilder. Supposedly April, if I'm not mistaken. So we can finally see how that's going to go down. We need these fights to happen. We need fight dates. Excuse me. We need fight dates. Um, we need we need press conferences. We need to have these things ready to go. February 22nd, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury rematch. February 22nd, Bob Arum is calling out for 2 million buys, pay-per-view. This is a big fight. And I'm glad that this is not going to be late into 220. It's going to be right early into year 220. So, couldn't get the December slot. But February is just as good. Um, We're going to get to see a good fight this weekend. And then we got Tony Harrison versus uh, Jamel Charlo on the 21st. That should be interesting with those two after their first fight. And then they got the delay and all that stuff like that with the injury. So we'll see. A lot of mouth, a lot of jibber-jabbering in that. We'll get to that. But what is what can Joshua do different this time? What can he do to win this fight? 
is he going to have to box? Is he going to have to mix him with knowing when to attack? Because he had Ruiz down. He knocked him down with a clean shot. I just think he came in hands down, too cocky, even on the first shot he landed and ended up getting hit by faster combinations. So can we say keep your hands up? Can you say do some head movement before throwing punches or standing in the pocket with somebody who has faster hands than you? Joshua does not have quick, twitchy muscles, quick, twitchy movements. So when he extends himself out there, he can get countered. Very dangerous against somebody like a Wilder. As you can see, it was dangerous against somebody like an Andy Ruiz, who had to punch up, but has a good velocity on his punches to where it's going to bring something. And he went upstairs, and he, he, he ended up really hurting uh, Anthony Joshua more than once in that fight, as you can see. And when he got when he got finished, he was really kind of dazed, confused, know where he was, and thought that the count was going to twenty. And the ref was like, "I don't know what you know, but I'm about to stop this bad boy because you don't know where you at." So this weekend, we can't wait to see if that was something you know of admiration, fluke, or some people dare say say it was fixed. You got some people there that believe that you know, hey, they wanted this to build up this big rematch. Um, and all that good, all that good stuff. So, yeah. Man, I can't wait. Cannot wait. Andy Ruiz dropped six pounds. He's trying to be more on the, uh, say, like, quicker side. And I say the more like lost weight just because people wanted to say he was fat or anything like that. But he wanted to get more quickness to help out with... The fact that, you know, he feels that Joshua's going to box more rounds. He thinks that we're going to go in, in the deep waters of six, seven, eight rounds. And he wants to still have that velocity on punches and have that energy and whatnot. So it was a good shaving of the six pounds if he wanted to lose that. And he can lose that. Now, on the other side, we got Anthony Joshua, who has lost some of the muscle. He lost some of the muscle mass to gain more punch to, uh, 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 speed, um, to be more agile. You know what I'm saying? Quick, having muscle-type, big muscle mass, you you don't have the opportunity to be. Not everybody's Saquon Barkley. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, he, in somewhere in his frame, there's parts to where it's probably ain't too jacked up. But what I mean is that you can't be a boxer highly muscled up top, upper body, and thinking that you're going to be moving and punching and, and moving like a gazelle or anything close to it. Joshua's body type, the way he is, I mean, if he loses a lot of money, he can be a heavyweight that can move and, and jab and stick and move and stuff like that. But he has relied on being a bulkier type guy. I ain't sitting there saying he lost all of his muscle, but there's going to be something in there where he's going to try to exercise a little bit more bouncing and step and trying to move and, and, and try to wear out Ruiz. I don't think the standards come up there and, you know, waiting to throw the the straight right or throw the left hook or something like that is going to be a part of that, you know, saying game plan. I think more so is the game plan of trying to jab and trying to make sure that this is a boxing match where he's scoring points, trying to make sure that the judges can say, oh, he was winning the fight. And Ruiz had to go for a knockout. I think the shaping up to go for something where it's like, oh, now you understand that you have to do this against all fighters. And then when the opportunity comes to drop them, you can drop them. But you can't go out there thinking that I can just oppose my will or just stand in front of somebody and knock him out just because he's a short, you know, notice fighter or a fighter that's not really got the resume because he was going to go out there and do the same style against Gerald Miller. And Gerald Miller possibly could have surprised him, but who knows? So this weekend is going down. So I'm just letting you know. That get your get your uh, popcorn ready. He's on the DAZN network, and everybody knows about that DAZN. Hopefully, there's no UFC event going on this weekend when they have to cater and kiss their ass again. Which I hope that would never, ever, ever, ever happen again. To where you are going to sit there and have your fighters wait until a main event ends on another organization's thing. I know you want your fans to sit there and come and watch that too, but if they chose to watch that fight, fuck them. <laughs> I'm sorry, you got to run your show. And, you know, had me in a position where I sit there and, and, and dozed off 
I could have fell asleep throughout the whole night and fight. But having the wherewithal, I woke up and was able to watch it. So that happens. So you don't want that to happen a whole lot. So keep that in mind. So Anthony Joshua. Andy Ruiz. Abu Dhabi. In the sand. Let's get it. This weekend. Grand, uh, 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 the Crown Jewel was out there. The Grand Royal Rumble was out there. UFC, um, I think they've done a, a promotion out there. So, I mean, it's, it's it's going down out there, man. You can ski in Dubai. Go check it out. <laughs> you can ski there. But anyway, let's talk some NFL football, man. Oh, Also, before I move off the boxing thing, I do want to mention... Um, Floyd Mayweather coming out of retirement. He made that announcement. I put that on the webpage. People want to go check it out. I'm not saying it's a webpage, www. But it's Facebook slash Soft Straight Talk Show. Check me out. Um, webpage is on the way. It's coming. Um, work in progress. Um, but Floyd Mayweather announces that he's coming out of retirement. 220. Um, knowing the type of person that Floyd Mayweather is... He's not going out there to try to pick on somebody crazy, crazy. But if my guess is correct, Floyd Mayweather, if anything, if he wants to fight somebody, he wants to fight either Manny Pacquiao, he wants to fight over in Japan again. And that's the surprise that maybe he ain't telling people, I'm coming out of retirement. He's probably going to go over there and fight that Japan fight again and win in 30 seconds. Or, one that I've had in my head, which I think is funny, but I've had it in my head. What if Floyd Mayweather said, you know what? Let me fight just for the hell of it. I'm going to get in there with. Are y'all ready for this name? I'm ready for it. Because what if Floyd said, you know, I got the body type to get to a point. We can say we can meet at this point. Loma. What if Floyd came back and said, you know, I want to fight Lomachenko. And, and we can meet at 140, catch weight, 135, 140. Let's get it on. Can you say through the roof? I'm what I'm saying. Because Terrence Crawford, no. Errol Spence, don't even know if he's going to box again. reason why I don't want Floyd fighting Terrence Crawford because if Floyd won, I feel like I feel bad for Terrence Crawford because I want to see him go on to be this undefeated great. But I don't want to see him beat Floyd either. So if you get what I'm saying, like I don't want that fight to happen because I wouldn't want either one winning that fight. I would like... Hopefully it's a no contest or a draw. Even I would hate a draw. So it's just like, I wouldn't want that fight to happen. Just just for the strength of, I don't want to see Floyd beat Terrence, and I don't want Terrence to beat Floyd. I don't want that to happen. But if Floyd came back and said, Pacquiao, I wouldn't be shocked for that fight to happen again. I wouldn't be shocked because it don't look like Pacquiao is getting any other young guys to want to fight him. You got guys that might murmur it and try to call him out, but guys that really doesn't fit the bill to try to fight him. I think what you call called him out, Mikey Garcia. That doesn't really add up to a lot of dollars. You didn't beat Earl Spence. He's fighting welterweights. He beat Keith Thurman. Um, we don't know if you could have beat a Keith Thurman or not. We're not 100 showing that, Mikey. So that fight doesn't look too appeasing to Manny Pacquiao. You know, maybe I don't know. Uh, Terrence Crawford still wants to fight him, but he hasn't called him out recently, you know what I'm saying, he has in the years past, so I mean, if anything, Floyd might fight Pacquiao, he might fight um, just a little one-off exhibition, but my dream if he came out and said, I want to fight Lomachenko, had a catch weight I would lose my fucking mind period, so we're going to keep it moving, real quick, real quick real quick to Canelo um, he's had some challenges out there in the middleweight division. Now he's got 
Demetri Bivol. He's got guys like that now calling him out because he moved up to like heavyweight. So what's going to be in his, his future here coming to 20? Um, I see about three fights, and I see two of those fights being uh, light heavyweight. Uh, I see maybe one, his next fight maybe might be middleweight, and I think he might stick to the light heavyweight, go back up and, and fight that, um, that, that gauntlet of fighters. But I still think that he needs to come back down to middleweight, at least unified. Um, there's a good chance that you can do that um, in two fights. Simple. So then, then you're going, you're going your merry way. You know what I'm saying? But it is on him what he's going to do. But right now he's in the Cadbury seat. He's he's in the driver's seat. He's, the ball's in his court. Whatever phrase you want to use, he's half pound number one to me. Canelo Alvarez. I've already broke that down on the episode. I think seventy. Or something. The last time I talked boxing, I was like I said, Canelo is the pound for pound number one. Um, two, I would give the to uh, Terrence Crawford. You got to start giving Deontay Wilder some consideration for what he's able to do, and then you can go in with uh, Lomachenko and uh, Errol Spence. Um, but when you look at a pound for pound, you know, what I'm saying ranking, you look at all guys, and you know, some real talented fighters out there, but. You're not getting guys that can just, you know, knock somebody out like that or somebody that can, you know, box in, in combinations and power punching and have star power like Canelo. Terrence Crawford, the heart of a lion, competitive, fiery, really skilled, highly athletic. Errol Spence, highly athletic, uh, savage body puncher, um, real good student of the game. You can tell very technical but just still needs to put some things to his game and hopefully gets to come back. No broken bones, but some things still needs to get straightened up after the uh, accident that he had. And I'm just glad he's still alive, period. Um, anything else ready to talk about? Oh, yeah, Conor McGregor is going to be fighting um, again against, uh, uh, you know, this recurring thing of he's going to be fighting this guy and then it dies down and then we don't get nothing. But I think this time it's official. Him and Donald Cerrone is going to be fighting. Also, Tony Ferguson and uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, family, uh, Nurmagomedov, whatever you want to say, family got the deal done and they're going to be fighting. And it's, it's, it's done. They're fighting in April and I'm happy and I'm finally glad that this is happening. Thank you. Thank you so much. Like, y'all needed a Ben fight. Um, like forever ago with suspensions and Conor McGregor and all that bullshit, Tony Ferguson here and there. Then we got to see him go up against Donald Cerrone. And Lord have mercy. Um, God, poor thing. Anyway, um, when you get in the octagon against these two guys, you really got to put in a prayer. So when these two guys get in there against each other, it's just going to be a great fight. Tony Ferguson is a very dynamic, um, very unorthodox fighter. He brings a lot of awkwardness to you. And Khabib is just a bear. And he knows everything, ins and outs, as far as the MMA game. Can he handle awkwardness? Can he handle things being untimely and things of that nature? Because that's what Tony Ferguson brings to the the table. So that's going to be a good little matchup right there. Keeping it moving, keeping it moving away from the fight game. I think I said everything I needed to say. Um, if there was anything else I needed to say, uh, that is um, pay. Uh, pay fighters in the UFC, man. That's it. As far as that, pay these guys. Pay these guys the money, man. Um want to keep the move in the Dow, and we're going to talk some college football real fast. Um, coach Peterson steps down as Washington's head coach. Jimmy Lake is now named the new head coach. Peterson, who was at Boise State, took the job at Washington. I believe he had that job for, what, two, three years? If I'm not mistaken. Maybe six years, yeah, six years, sorry. He had a job for six years, 54 and 26. Um, for me, you know what I'm saying, like, to take Boise State where he took him, I thought he could have took a better job. Washington was somewhat on the uptake. Thought he could take him places. As you can see, 
even with a good quarterback like Browning or somebody like that, you just wasn't enough. And uh, and I, he could be stepping down for reasons of you know whatever. They could have sat him down in the room like, hey man, like we can give you a chance to let you step down. And uh, we'll save you embarrassment getting fired because they already had a coach in line. Was he a, was he already on the staff? Yes, defense coordinator he was. So they could have been something where Peterson could have set up, or they could have been something where the, the uh, as you say the can't say the front office, but the AD and and, and people are set in place. But um. Chris has been transformational for not only our football program, but our entire athletic department. Washington Athletic Director Jennifer Cohen said. And it's over. Peterson said, I'll be a Husky for life, but now it is right time for me to step away from my head coaching duties and recharge. So that's, that's, that's probable. It's probable. And there's a lot of coaches do that. And then give it two years and they'll be coaching somewhere. Soon. Give it time. N.T. Ways. Man, can we talk about Auburn and Alabama and the fact that they lost that game and the fact that Nick Saban lost his mind? I mean, who would have thought that Alabama was going to lose to Auburn? I certainly said it the, the day before the game. I said, no way Auburn loses to, uh, I mean, uh, beats uh, Alabama. I said, no way. No, there's a way. 48 to 45 way. Mac Jones coming in for the hurt tool attack of Valoa. Damn bad injury, man. You know, really was trying to get back in the game just to, just to get a couple more plays. And then his hip had a successful surgery. But now we got to think about what we're going to do, who's going to come up and step up. Mac Jones has been the guy in place, so he was going to go out there and lead to him. Just unfortunate that they had to come up with the loss because 26 to 39, 335, four touchdowns, 335 yards on four touchdowns. Just badly got two picks. Interceptions can hurt you. Najee had 27 rushes for 146 yards and one touchdown. Najee had four catches for 26 yards. What was the difference? There was a kid named Bo Nix. Who, like I said, sat over there as a kid and watched Oregon take an L in the national championship by his Auburn Tigers, but Cam Newton held uh, held it down a quarterback. Now he's the quarterback at Auburn. He beats Oregon game one to create that reenactment. And now, when Cam Newton was down twenty-one to nothing or twenty-one to seven going into half. I think it was 21 or nothing. I think they scored a touchdown going into the half, made it 21 to 7 or 21 14. 28 to 14, whatever the hell. But Bo Nix comes back and beats Auburn. And the reason why I say it like that, because I just like think that's hilarious that the fact that if you think about what I just said, like you had. Let's, let's listen to this real quick. Cam Newton was the quarterback at Auburn. Bo Nix was just a kid wanting to be a quarterback in college one day. Right? Right? Then you beat the team that Cam Newton beat. And everybody's on this whole story. You're like, wow, Bo Nix beats Oregon. Who's this Bo Nix kid? We find out. And now we come up to the Alabama game. Y'all got three losses. It looked like y'all was going to be charged up for the season. But still, it's the War Eagle versus Roll Tide. So you still got that chance. And you beat Alabama. Bo Nix, man, that's a, that, that's star on campus to me. That's why I even just said all that. He's a, he's a big man on campus if I, if I got anything to do with it. Big Bo Nix, man. 15 to 30, 173 yards and a touchdown. Didn't have a game Mac Jones had, but no interception. 16 rushes, 114 yards for Mr. Whitlow, and they get the touchdown. Defense matters in this? Yes. 
Why? Smoke Monday. Zacoby McLean. Two defensive touchdowns. How many defensive touchdowns did Alabama get? Zero. Big difference. You don't let that happen, Alabama wins the game. Smoke Monday. Zacoby McLean. Jesus, that name is hilarious. Smoke Monday. Just like Slink Jones, uh, Black Jesus, Smoke Yours, Smoke Monday. <laughs> There's no way your mom made you smoke Monday. Like, that's the only days you saw your uncle smoke was on Monday. And they was like, we're going to call him Smoke Monday. No, I'm just playing. I'm going to quit playing. But, yeah, you, you got to make plays in all facets of the game. He makes the interception. He makes the pick. Touchdown. Boom, bow. Alabama's in trouble. Mac Jones, you threw two of them. And you gave up two tadas, my friend. And when you do that, it's... Nighty night time. Big Cat Bryant. I love these names for Auburn. I don't even know how to say this one. It's just Ig Bino. I'm not even going to try it. But anyway, J.J. Wills. I mean, look at these names, man. Auburn got the best names. Bo, Nix. <laughs> Come on, man. Look at these names. I'm clowning right now. I'm looking at these. But yeah, Auburn, man. War Eagle. Shocked me. If I would have bet money on that, I'd have lost. I'd have lost big money. If I would have bet money on that. Thought Alabama was going to come out there with Mac Jones and get it done. Virginia beats Virginia Tech. Iowa beats Nebraska. Nebraska is such a disappointment. Um, I think other games to talk about would be, say, uh, the Memphis-Cincinnati. That was kind of decent because Michigan... And Ohio State, that does not need to get pumped up anymore. I don't think that needs to get pumped up anymore. 56-27. Michigan can't beat this team if their life depended on it. Um, it's just bad. I don't like it anymore. I don't even like it. Justin Fields is a freak of nature. Chase Young is the reason why he's going to be the first pick of the draft. Um, they're just good. Four, uh, four touchdowns, 302 yards, 14 completions. J.K. Dobbins, he's a person that can get you 200 yards. Then you got the defense, like I said, with Chase Young just doing dastardly things. Um, Shea Patterson, 18-43. That's all I'm going to say. Jim Harbaugh. Went to college, went back to college, and got worse as a coach. Or just can't get the players or something. I don't know. This is weird. It's weird to see that. A guy can go back to where he got his stripes to get the job to coach. To get the job to come. I don't get it. I seriously don't get it. Anyway, keep moving. Um, Clemson 38-3 over South Carolina. That's always a good game. Wisconsin beats Minnesota 38-17. Didn't see that coming after Minnesota beat Penn State. Um, Notre Dame 45. Stanford 24. Stanford. They lose J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. K.J. Costello just couldn't be the same. LSU 50-7 over Texas A&M. They really are the best team in the country. I think they will beat Ohio State. Defense may say otherwise. They got to be able to stop Ohio State. I think it'll be a shootout. But those two are the best, definitely the best two teams in the country. Um, Utah beats Colorado. Don't know how good they really are. Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State. Um, they better have. Uh, Florida dismantles Florida State, which they should have. Um, you look at Iowa State and Kansas State. How the heck that happened? Keep your rank, Iowa State. Don't lose it. And towards the end of the season, you earned it. Uh, Oregon beat Oregon State in their little battle. And Baylor beats the living shit out of Kansas 61-6 after, uh, I don't know, man. Like, what's up with Baylor? Like, Baylor has, Baylor, 11-1? You know, they're second in the Big 12. They got guys that can just do things, man. They're just, they're, they're dynamic, you know. 
They're dynamic. Their running backs catches the ball. They don't really do too much fancy fancy. Um, you know, they get they get turnovers. They got two fumbles. Um, they got two interceptions. And they got a defensive touchdown at this gig. I mean, they, they just really just, just made it real bad for Les Miles in the game. Like I said, college football. When it gets to this, when it gets to this playoff, this one is really going to ignite. I think it's really going to ignite at that point. There's a point of ignition. It just haven't ignited yet. The the Heisman talk is not really all that great. I mean, let's be real. It's not. The Heisman talk has not been grand, fantastic. It just, it just hasn't. So, like I said, we're gonna see some other things popping off. But coming up this weekend, Friday we got Oregon. Utah, that's a good game. I think that's a good game that people need to sit down and take a look at and see if Utah's really deserve it to, to inch up. Because, you know, Georgia could beat LSU. LSU could beat Georgia. They could leave a spot for a team like Utah, a team, Oklahoma, Baylor. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. Georgia LSU, that's at 4 o'clock. Baylor, Oklahoma, that's at 12 o'clock. A lot of big games, guys. A lot of big games. Cannot wait. Wisconsin, Ohio State. Baylor, Oklahoma. Georgia, LSU, and then we got good old Oregon, Utah, and you know what we call this? We call this championship week. You know why they call it championship week? Because all these conferences that we either scoff at, I don't care about no conferences, I don't care these conferences, but we all get pumped up for championship week because we got Big 12, we got the Big 10, we got the ACC. We got the Conference USA. All these conferences get together, Pac-12, and they get on in the championship game that records matter, postseason play matters, but you're going to get that trophy for your conference. I used to love that for the college football, for the, for the, uh, for the PlayStation, man. You know, you get your conference championship, and then you go on and try to get that extra bowl spot because they had the BCS on there and stuff like that. It was just crazy. But that would be crazy with the playoff. That's why I'm saying with this new college deal, it's going to be paying student athletes. Woo. Good, good vibes, good vibes, good vibes. Anyway, I'm going to keep it moving. I'm going to keep it moving. Keep it moving, moving. The NFL had a very interesting week. And I mean interesting because we have Thanksgiving. There's always Thanksgiving football. And no other team that you can have than the Dallas Cowboys show up on Thursday to play football. Detroit Lions, the same. Detroit played the Chicago Bears. The Saints played the Falcons. And the uh, Buffalo Bills played the Cowboys. Saints goes out there and handles their job nice and simple against the Falcons. Um, they went 26-18. Falcons thought that they can go out there and do what they did last time. Eh, it kind of almost worked. But to no avail, um, Drew Brees gets it done. Not a perfect game for any measure. Um, closer probably than what they wanted it to be. But like I said, when you got a conference, when you got a division game like that with – a familiar foe, you're going to run into that type of game. I mean, people don't realize that that teams can be god awful, but can just get against a team with the right matchup, or it can be against a good team that's in the same division. Um, and that what I mean by that right matchup, say like example, the Buccaneers versus the Rams, it was just a perfect matchup for the Buccaneers to to put up a lot of points. It was good for the Rams to put up a lot of points against the Bucks. It was a shootout. You got certain matchups where you take like the Dolphins and the Eagles. Something clicked in the second half for the Dolphins to do what they did. Point blank period. It happens in that in that realm. Anyway, keep it moving. 
Detroit Lions and Bears. Bears gets the W, 24-20. Lions lose again. They're 3-8 now, 6-6. Six six. Bears are climbing. 29-38, um, 338, three touchdowns for Mitch Trubisky. Um, they're, still, they're still hollering for Cam Newton. <laughs> they're still hollering for Cam Newton because you only rushed for four yards. He's got a yard each carry. Um, you're supposed to be a running quarterback, too, um, by the way. Um, but finally got some people going in the passing game, and you let the defense sit back and do the other job um, and keep keep you the lead, uh, even though they didn't do a, a fantastic job. But um, but you look at the punts, um, still uh, over three punts. Um, Mitch Trubisky trying to keep the possession in their hands. Not too big of a differential, but they kept it for 30 minutes. Detroit kept it for 29 minutes. Okay. Now, we're going to talk about them Buffalo Bills. Now, I mentioned the Buffalo Bills on my power ranking. The two power rankings that I did, which I'm going to be doing another one. And those power rankings showed that the Buffalo Bills can be mentioned. But I just did not believe in as far as the, the conference. The AFC in itself has not been as strong. Then you look at the division. And that's definitely not strong. And you're just like, man, really, you can lose to the Patriots twice and just beat everybody else, in which they've done a pretty good job with that. The three losses they've gotten was outside of the outside of the division. I don't want to say Eagles, Patriots. And I want to say that they lost to the, uh, who else did they lose to? Cleveland. So, all games they have lost was outside the division. They're basically like the Patriots of their own division. With the Patriots in it, they just lost to them. Can't wait to see if that happens again. The way the Patriots have been struggling. They play again on December 21st. Ha-ha. Aha! Uh-huh. Everybody knows what that day is. Tony Harrison, Jamal Charlo, Jamel Charlo, sorry. Had to throw that in there real quick. But back to the Buffalo Bills. They're favorites to come in this, right? Dallas Cowboys are trying to win to go 7-6. and six. You know, to a point to where you run away from the pack of the NFC East. The Eagles are struggling. As you can see, they lost to the Dolphins. We're going to get to that. Dallas Cowboys came out in this game. They had a couple good runs. Zeke was feeling good. They were giving the ball to Pollard. I remember it was like early in the game. And it just seemed like they just went away from the run. Why? I don't know. Why I feel that way, or maybe I feel that way, or am I tripping? But it just feel like to me the 12 carries for Zeke Elliott for 71 yards is not enough. Give him 25 carries, how many yards he's getting? Get five yards. He got 5.9 yards per carry. Tony Parler's getting 2.3, only three carries. You throw the ball 49 times, and the game didn't get out of hand. He was 7-13 to 13 in the second quarter. Third quarter, you let it get to, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, you let it get to 23 to, you let it get to 23 to, to 7. Longer possessions, getting down there to score touchdowns. Then you get a possession, maybe it could be a little shorter to make a, make a play happen. Just bad coaching all around, man. For talent on this team, you get 12 rushes, 71 yards, and the offensive line is doing a good job on that end. I just don't understand the logic of what the Dallas Cowboys were trying to do, throwing the ball 49 times, knowing that they got Tredavious White out there. The defense is going to be going spreading them out and trying to get um, Dak to close in to where he's going to try to flush out, and they got him a lot on that. It just wasn't a lot of success passing the ball. I knew it wasn't going to be that. Four sacks, one interception, and it's just it's just bad football. 
12 rushes, 71 yards. Zeke Elliott got 10 passing targets. Am I correct? For seven catches. For 66 yards. Reason why I'm saying it like that, in the words I'm saying complaining, is because other guys could have had those plays if it wasn't going to be a Cobb or a Tavon or a Gallup. But Zeke could have just been getting the rock. It's just posing too much passing. And what was that doing? Was it getting you, you know, it just it just posed to where it's like, oh, you're going to try to run the ball, we get stuffed. You get the ball up with a third down. Here comes Josh Allen. Here comes Josh Allen. Because you know what? They was like, well, we're gonna do a little something different. When we, you know, we 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 run the ball pretty alright, but we're gonna we're gonna pass a little bit. But we got a running back, we, we got a quarterback and run, so he got ten rushes. Singletary got fourteen, Frank Gore got nine. You add those all up, that's pretty damn good. That's more than what Dallas ran. Nineteen and twenty-four, two thirty-one and a touchdown, no picks. He got sacked four times, too. Cole Beasley had a day. Back in Dallas, six catches, 110 yards, and a tie. Defense came to play, but they really wasn't going to be ready for that run game, and they should should have stayed on the run game. How a defensive tackle gets the interception, I don't know. Crazy play. Starla Tulele makes makes it happen. Shaq Lawson, he's a good player, too, man. Buffalo Bills is turning into a team to where I can't say there's, that it's moving up the board on my prior ranking and prior ranking they're gonna be looking a lot better than what they have in my previous two. They're showing that they can get you off the field, have long possessions, and, and we'll see what happens after that. Um, but 33 minutes of having the ball compared to 26 minutes, and you look at the rushing yards difference. Dallas could have really changed this game, but they, they want to pass, 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 and it puts them in bad predicaments. Yeah, you might get more yards per game, but they win the game. Keep that in mind. Buffalo Bills, man, 26-15 over the Dallas Cowboys, and that was the Thanksgiving day. So hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Everybody ate good and enjoyed good football. Meanwhile, Josh Allen, I think he got to celebrate with the turkey leg, if I'm not mistaken, or it might have been Cole Beasley. Who knows? Patriots lose to the... Texans 28-22. to Tom Brady looking over at the wide receiver saying we got to be faster. We got to be better. Um, the things that I saw as far as in that game was, you know, what did Tony Michelle do for number one? He hasn't been playing that great. But you weren't going to get no real rushing yards with James White, Burkhead. But who are these guys that are running these routes? It's weird. And Sanu has really shocked me. I Really is a big drop-off. I think after leaving Falcons, you see him more exposed of how bad he is instead of saying, like, well, this is a good spot for him to really be good. He's dropping. He can't get separation. He can't be good. He has not been good. He has not got no separation. Mama Sanu is a person, at least in me, that I can say to be somewhat of a taller Anquan Bowden. He has not been none of that. So I don't know what's up with that guy. Um, but, but Sean Watson... A player who I mentioned on my last episode who likes to make big plays, who likes to go down the field, he, he's going to take those chances. And he, he took some good throws down there, down there to Kenny Stills, and he's able to make those plays. And uh, Texas defense did a good job on, on Tom Brady and keeping them good. The little comeback they try to do, I, I always try to tell people that you're not going to give up the big play. You're going to give up chunk yardage. They can make some plays, get up closer, and they get in the end zone. But you're playing against the clock. If you win the game, you win the game. It's 22-28. The game could have been really 6-28. to 28, I don't know. But, you know, you let these things keep happening, and then, like, you know, the game gets closer and closer. If they could have got an onside kick, then you can be like, oh, this game's really interesting, and they couldn't do it. So, had one hand on it, just couldn't get it. Um, Bengals finally get a win. They uh, go against the Jets 22-6. to six. The Jets, they... They've done surprisingly things like beat the Cowboys when they were hot. They beat uh, the hell out the Raiders whenever the Raiders were feeling like they were getting hot. And now they go out there and they give the Bengals the first win. It's weird to me. That's just weird. But we already talked about the 49 and the Ravens game. Um, Lamar Jackson, man, it's just a freaking nature. 
Um, to be able to run the way they can, 100-some yards per game, after him being in the fold of really getting most of the 100-yard games in the season for that campaign, he's uh, about to break uh, Michael Vick's uh, single-season rushing record for quarterbacks. Now he's beating teams that are beating teams that are beating teams. If you get what I'm saying, he's beating the 49ers, beat the Seahawks, and he's beat the Patriots. Marlon Humphrey's starting to turn into a real good corner. Peters is getting just just so inconsistently like good. Like I, I, I just I hate to say that. He's good, but he's just inconsistently good. And it's the where it's like the touchdown he gave up to Debo Samuel, just like, man. A lot of players get yanked out the game for that, and he gets the chance to get back out there and redeem himself. And it's either he does or he don't. So it's just like they're gonna keep him on the team because he's athletic and he he's he's fast. Um, I think he he's long. He can you know make a tackle if he's really committed. But sometimes he's not all the way committed. And you know those are the plays that in that 49ers games you can see that. So. It, it kind of, you kind of, kind of, you know, he, he's got to pick six with them. He's picked off Russell Wilson. He's got interception against, uh, which he's got two interceptions with the Ravens. I want to say so. It's not like he's playing horrible. It's just some plays he's going to get beat real bad. He's going to look real bad. And people talked about Marcus Peters as the top corner in the league. So it's kind of those people off a little bit when you come to that. Um, Redskins, Carolina. Redskins got the dub. Um, Twenty-nine to twenty-one. Geis had 100 yards rushing. Adrian Peterson had 99 yards rushing. Uh, Haskins just really doesn't have to do a whole lot. He's experienced in the sacks. Um, but, you know, just hand the ball off, big fella. See what happens with that team. The defense does a good job in, in spots. Um, you know, they sometimes they can take over a whole game. And that happens. Um, but, yeah. Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Don't know how that happened. Pittsburgh in the second quarter had nine total yards up to that point. And they win the game 20 to 13 with Duck Hodges, Duck Dynasty, and Devlin. The Devlin Evelyn gets it done. Eagles, like I said, goes up against Miami. And the Eagles, to win this game, you back in control of the NFC East, man. You can start calling your own shot. You win out, you go into playoffs, win the division. Nope, but you go out there and lose 31 31 to 37 to Brian Fitzpatrick, and Devontae Parker eats up. Everybody, especially Mr. Darby, <laughs> who gives up two touchdowns and, what, six or seven catches for Mr. Devontae Parker. He had fun. He had himself a day. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has days like that, period. Um, then you look at – then you look at uh, – with so many different uh, – we, we, this, this, also look at this. Cleveland was so in this game, the coach before the game had a birthday and decided to wear a T-shirt that said, Pittsburgh started it. Now they lose the game and he ended up looking like the big donkey of the day. He's going to get fired immediately when this season is ended. Freddie Kitchens was the first-year coach that was going to come in and change Cleveland's culture, bring in Odell Beckham, bring in Kareem Hunt. You bring in this talent with Baker Mayfield, who had 28 people talked about the 32 touchdowns, 42, uh, 14 interceptions. Now it's 15 touchdowns, 18 interceptions or something like that. That's just backwards. Oh, my God. I just I can't believe that a, a, a turnaround could be like that for a sophomore year. But a lot of people say film. I say cockiness in commercials. Film can get you to have some trouble here and there, but you 32 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, you're not supposed to come out and have a second campaign like this when you have Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, and all these weapons. Green Bay Packers gets it done against the Giants 31-13 in the snow. They're keeping their, you know, saying above 500 record there and having some games to where, you know, having some plays to make up for bad performances against the Chargers and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, Tampa Bay showing that they're going to keep on winning. They're not planning on tanking because you don't tank with a team that's supposed to be good. A team that's talented, that's got young pieces that's going to be there, you don't fall out and just tank at this point. They they cut Hargraves. They made moves. They've changed the star lineup. They've put people in that type to 
you know what I'm saying, in, that, in those positions to, to succeed. And I like how JPP has came back from injury. He's playing well with Ndamukong Su and Vita Vea. I like Carlton Davis. I like pieces on that defense. They just need to tackle better. But the Jaguars, with moving away from Nick Foles, bringing in Gene Minshew in the middle of the game, and now they're saying Minshew's going to start for the rest of the season. That could be partly on the shoulder of Nick Foles because how injured it is, it's still probably all the way healed. His release is taking longer. He's taking a long time throwing the ball. His this ain't his first shoulder injury either. So they could just be taking precaution in that for the deal they gave him, or it could be a time to move on from him, which the NFL is how it works. It's a business. Titans is now, I feel, the hottest team in the AFC because you have Ryan Tannehill, who is red hot, Ever since Mariota's been benched. But then you start to move into cold weather. Derrick Henry is a monster in cold weather. Nobody wants to tackle a six foot two, 240-pound running back who runs a 4-5. Nobody wants to tackle that. It's cold. It hurts. He's then got, you know, lathered up. He's got the lean as far as getting extra yards. You are not bringing down a monster of that caliber. Every play, play in the playoffs. So now the 100-yard games for him is going to go up, and it makes it easier for Ryan Tannehill. And they beat the Colts, who plays um, the Buccaneers this, this week and to get back on the right track if they can beat them. But the Titans are a team to look out for, especially if they make the playoffs. Look out for them. Uh, just to end everything off, like I said, the, the Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, they come back and beat the Raiders. They look decent on defense. Um, Mahomes looked all right on offense. Tariq Hill made some plays here and there, and so did Kelsey. But the defense was to talk about as far as the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's how you had that. The Rams get back on their winning ways, beat the Cardinals. Callum Murray was hurt. I'm still not sold on Jared Goff. Todd Gurley has been playing better as of late, but how good is he going to play with the, the type of situations he's going through, especially with the arthritis and things of that nature, and him not being himself? But, hey. It's been great doing this show today, and I'm glad that y'all have uh, decided to, to, to hit that play button and listen to me. So I hope y'all be listening out for the next episode. Fight week, we got this weekend, Anthony Joshua versus Andrew Ruiz on the zone Saturday night. Be ready for that. Abu Dhabi, I think it should be coming a little bit earlier uh, than Saturday night. I don't know how they're going to do the broadcast for that. Go check it out on uh, Google. Try to figure out how you can watch it, stream it, or whatever. But y'all have a good one. This is a Soft Straight Talk Show, and I'm gone.